You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Bishak Som. Bishak, did I say that right? Som? No. Yes, that's correct. Okay, let me try again. Today on our show, I'm talking with Bishak Som. Bishak, thanks so much for being with me today. Thank you so much for having me. Bishak, you're in Brooklyn now. We're talking on August 19th in 2021. Uh, we're going to talk about your your work in this interview, but I, I'm curious how, how things are in Brooklyn at the moment. You know, this as I've been interviewing people in this kind of roller coaster of the last year, every day seems kind of different in terms of how New York is opening up or, 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 or not. Uh, how, how, I guess, is the neighborhood is what I'm asking. Um. Things are pretty good in my neighborhood. Things are opening up. People are going out to eat and drink, and it seems pretty much the same as when things opened up in the spring. Um, I'm actually in Manhattan right now, and I'm going to be teaching a class at SBA, which is a little strange because we're in person, so we're trying to negotiate that and navigate our way through it. Um, and this is my first time in the campus. So I'm just start, it's a whole new world um, in terms of academia and of my new life as a teacher. So I'm getting used to that. But otherwise, things are much the same as uh, when, when the world started to open up a little bit in New York. Right, but in-person teaching, of course, yeah, has a different is is a complete unknown. Everyone's going back for the okay. first time this fall, and mm-hmm. uh, and so what does that mean? It's a combination, or is everybody wearing masks, or or how does that? Everyone is wearing masks. Um, it's going to be in person. I assume all the students are going to show up <laughs> here, but like you say, it's a complete unknown. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of international students, so. I'm hoping they'll be able, all of them will be able to come in and be in class in person, but who knows? And I, I right. it's right now it's not a hybrid model, so let's see where that goes. I guess. Right. Um, well, let's talk about your work. I mean, you have okay. uh, two graphic novels that are out in 2020. Uh, I'm sorry, Engine. Um, published by the Feminist Press and Spellbound uh, yes. by Street Noise Books. Published by Street Noise. We can talk about those, but what are you involved in right now? What's happening now in 2021 that you're working on or involved in? Um, I spent a lot of 2020 wanting to work on my third book, but I just was not in the right frame of mind to do that. So I did small, like, um, comics, you know, six-page comics here and there. Uh, And I did a bunch of paintings, small watercolor paintings. 2021, I'm actually beginning to work on my third book, but it's in such a sort of nascent phase right now. I'm jotting down ideas, um, sketching stuff, um, and it's going to, I mean, my idea for it is that it's going to be a longer, more sustained work um, rather than episodic or like short stories. So I'm trying to feel my way around how to approach that project right now, Um, and we can talk more about the ins and outs of that particular project later if you want. Sure, yeah. Let's talk about that and, and, and maybe first talk about your, your artwork. You're you're doing watercolors. I mean, you know, your your career has 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 spanned a number of mediums. You're a yeah. Harvard educated uh, architect and uh-huh. graphic novelist and an and artist. And rather than working in an architecture firm, you've chosen to um, you've chosen a path which is arguably, you know, much more difficult in some ways. Uh, 
both both financially and 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 career wise, you know. Um, uh, and at I, the moment, you're focusing on on visual art. Right? Is that correct? I am. Um, it's some, you know, I've been drawing comics all my life, but I, um, you know, this is something I address in my in my graphic memoir, Spellbound. But it's not doing art as a career was never something that was open to me because of the way I grew up, I guess. But um, I, I, despite that, I've always been drawing. Um, and uh, even while I was doing architecture. And after a while, um, and this is also part of Spellbound, you know, the atmosphere within the practice of architecture became way too toxic for me. Um, and I, I had no option but to leave. Otherwise, I just, you know, my sanity would have suffered greatly. Um, and I made the decision then to in, to plunge right into comics. And um, during this time, I was also, you know, doing watercolors just as a as part of my comics practice. You know, I would do the tones in gray washes and stuff. So um, doing the comics in watercolors had a sort of foundation for me during that time. And I took that practice of watercolors and I started doing standalone paintings, um, small watercolor paintings that um, have become their own thing now as a sort of uh, a parallel practice to the comics. Sometimes they overlap, sometimes they don't. Um, but I've been, you know, breaking out into greater sort of... It gives me the... Doing the paintings gives me an opportunity to test out um, stuff that is a little harder to do in comics. Um, but I enjoy both, and, you know, one practice feeds into the other for sure. And um, let's, so let's talk about the, you know, the, that kind of combination, uh, how they do feed into one another, because, yeah, the, 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 it's a parallel practice, as, as you say, because mm-hmm. it's essentially images without words, mm-hmm. as, I, as I believe you just said, can say something that an image with words sometimes can't say, correct? I mean, that's a little abstract, of course, but, but that's what you're saying, right? That there's, a, there's no, something absolutely. else that can be said. Yeah. Yes. And is that, I mean, is that a different narrative? Are we talking about something formal? Um, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, but just want to explore that a little more. So I, I guess the comics for me are a longer-term project, which is why I couldn't get to my third book until this year because I had to plan it out. You know, that's what I'm doing now. I'm planning out the narrative, breaking it down to the chapters, um, yeah, drawing the arc of the story, and that takes months and months and months, whereas these standalone images are a way for me to just kind of have a daily practice. Um, at, there were times during the pandemic where I just didn't know what to do with myself, and the way to get out of my headspace was to devote myself to a single painting and the space of a single painting. Um, a lot of the work that I was doing and still do in the painting practice um, explores um, the kind of architectural spaces that I grew up um, studying and, and drawing in, in architecture school. Um, and I'm taking a lot of that energy that I had when I was drawing by hand in school, so it gives you a sense of how old I am or when this was, um, and channeling that energy into this other practice, which is not purely architecture per se, but explores questions of architectural representation, of um, architectural space, but in a sort of 2D format, um, alluding to three dimensions. Um, and also, you know, questions of form, material, color, 
uh, volume, things like this. But also I'm very interested in the way the body inhabits these spaces. Um, so I always make sure to have dynamic figures that are, are interacting with the space, you know. And this is also something that I then bring back into my comics work because a lot of the comics, at least, the, you know, the ones that I'm working on more recently have very much to do with the question of the body and space and how we interact with our, our environment. So, yeah, you know, like I said, with the parallel, these are two parallel practices, and the more I work on each one, the more they inform each other. And to talk a little bit about um, Apsara Engine um, mm-hmm. and, the, and the kind of... Um, I mean, we're talking about this sort of technique you're using as, as an architect, and I don't know a lot about the training of architects, but there's also drawing as an architect, right? And there's, and there's lettering yeah. as an architect, mm-hmm. and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a certain type of style. And, you know, when you begin doing comics, um, you know, it seems like, like the opposite of that. Your lettering, for example, the kind of font you use, feels very much your own, doesn't feel like, uh, uh, and I may be wrong, but it doesn't feel like it's either architecturally you know, that kind of architectural font that you see uh, or, um, or a kind of book or a kind of font you see in, in, in a graphic novel very much. It's something, it's something else. So I guess what I'm asking is about that font, but also, you know, graphically in terms of mm-hmm. what you were trained, is partly, is partly trained as an architect, that was mm-hmm. also a graphic kind of tradition, right, uh, in, in a number of ways. So is, mm-hmm. is it being, it seems like it's being, uh, I guess, digested and you're making your own, but uh, yeah, just I guess the differences and the similarities is, and the influence is what I'm asking about. Um, specifically to do with the font, it's an interesting process because when I was first working with Feminist Press and they told me that they wanted to, I had already hand-lettered like oh, 75% of the book by hand, obviously, um, and they told me they wanted to have it um, be a font because it would be easier to edit Um, and I was bristling at that notion but what we did was um, the graphic designer at Feminist Press uh, Drew Stevens and I worked together on creating a font based on my handwriting and I was again dubious at first but it turned out so well and I'm so glad that there was that uh, give and take on that issue like you say, it's, you know, it doesn't look like an architectural font, nor does it look like a font you would see in normal comics. So I'm so happy that it's like this hybrid. Um, and, you know, people have con- uh, compared it to, uh, you know, like sort of medieval, medieval manuscript or something. I'm t- I don't know if I would go that far, but I'm really happy with the result. Um, as mm-hmm. far as the graphic quality of the book, um, um, you know, there are stories in which architecture appears, I mean, they all, the architecture always appears in all of my stories because we live and, and, and exist within buildings unless one is not in an urban area. But, um, you know, it, for some of the stories they are, to put it, you know, in a sort of slightly di- diminished form, it's, they're more like backgrounds, which I don't think something has because they're environments and they're sort of all-encompassing. In the case of one story, Swan Dive, the architecture suddenly becomes its own character and the cartography um, that sort of is affiliated with architecture and environments also becomes alive. Um, Landscapes become alive. And this is a question that I've always been interested in of how 
the the methods of architectural representation, specifically the ones that we learned in architecture school when we were drawing by hand, can be energized into a sort of third form. So the story um, it surrounds two people who use, one of whom uses drawing as a tool to imagine worlds and almost as a tool of seduction in a way, as par- you know, as a parallel um, strategy. And she creates these worlds by drawing that then come alive and sort of become their own environments. And you can see that process happening in the story as they are, as the characters themselves are drawing their own world. And, and you're talking specifically I'm, about Swan Dive. Did, did, Swan Dive, did, that's uh, correct. That's yeah. our engine, right. So I'm, also, I'm drawing their worlds, but they're also drawing their own worlds um, simultaneously. So it becomes sort of like um, Hall of Mirrors in a way. But, um, yeah, I think that's... But, but it blends, right, the architectural, the sense of also having that, that architecture kind of uh, imagery even in your head or that, or that way of thinking. Yeah, it, 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 that's what you're saying there, right? It, it kind of blends them both graphically, that mm-hmm. and, and things that, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I was also, it was an opportunity for me to then indulge in a sort of, um, you know, I've always been interested in sort of visionary architecture, um, the work of people like uh, Levius Woods, a particular favorite of mine, and Zaha Hadid's work, you know, work that aims at a sort of futurity um, and, uh, and imagination that is possible within architecture. And I think that's sort of tapped down a lot, especially when one is in the practice, um, as I was, and reduced to picking out plumbing fixtures and things like that. So I got, you know, the sort of disillusion that I felt within the practice then um, was rechanneled into a positive energy in the, in the sense of being able to create this, these graphic works that then took that graphic energy from architecture and turned it into something else completely. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fascinating. I love that. And, and uh, yeah, Swan Dive is a great example of that. And uh, hopefully we'll have an image of, of that um, in here so people can see that and also uh, look at the book, you know, by the book. Um, I, I want to ask one more thing about that font because that font is also <laughs> kind of fascinating. It, it, I understand how, how it was made. But it's, mm. it's, it's, of course, still a hand-drawn font, right? It's not printed. In a manner of just... speaking, yes. No, but it was I mean, hand-drawn, and then, and, and, and then, and then, yeah, yeah. And then systematized. It's, it's, and it's so systematized, like, but still, each letter is hand-drawn, or, or, or is it, are you able to assemble it, uh, like, with a, with a computer, you know, the way yeah. you would no, type it, a lot? Yeah, no, I don't know the, the specifics of it, because I left that up to the graphic designer, but... It's almost like my handwriting was sampled, and then the font, as you type it out on in InDesign or whatever application, then uses my sampled handwriting as the basis of the letters that show up on your screen. And sometimes it's like this, the third H that I drew. Sometimes it's the first H or the, the third O. Or I think, you know, that it's sort of like it takes my... my hand-drawn handwriting as raw material and then um, mechanizes it and uses it as a systemized tool. That's so interesting. That's so interesting. I mean, I, I don't know a lot <laughs> about typography, but I know enough to know that, you know, it seems kind of tight. It looks like handwriting. It, it, like you're saying, it, it is, but then it's, um, 
you know, each letter is unique, obviously. It's, it's being yeah. reproduced, but yeah, it has a, it has a great feeling. Is that common to, is that what designers tend to do in, in graphic novels today? Is that a common process? I've never heard it spelled out quite like that before, to just kind of create yeah. a font. Right? I haven't talked to that many people about whether they've done this this way or not, so I don't feel equipped to answer that question. I would say, I would almost say no, but I could be wrong. (laughs) Um, I mean, like, for example, Spellbound is my actual handwriting. I handwrote all of that myself, um, and edits I made uh, manually as opposed to digitally. so you can, I mean, one can look for the differences in the two, but, you know. Right, right. That's so, that's so interesting to me. Um, and so, and, and, and lastly, I, you know, let's talk a little bit about, like, the narrative, the message, you know, from, mm-hmm. from this, I mean, uh, with Spellbound is a, is, a, is a memoir, of course, but the, mm-hmm. um, but then there was the, the book of stories, which Swan Dive came from, um, mm-hmm. Apsara Engine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's... let's in terms of like the message, the the theme, I know that's kind of very broad. They're all different stories, they're all different characters. But but is there, you know, can you articulate what it's what they're bending towards, or or, or what you want to share with these, sure. or what you want the audience to kind of? Well, you know? I'll just give a brief synopsis of where the book came from, which is that um, I had been drawing some of the stories um, since let's say, 2013 or so, and I've been building, you know, I've been publishing them as mini-comics. And by the way, you know, I'm I'm transgender, and I only came out as trans um, fairly recently after after I got a contract with Feminist Press, but before I drew and wrote Swan Dive. Um, So it's interesting to see, you know, Swan Dive obviously is a very trans-centered story. It's about two trans people and the worlds that they create. Um, All the other stories are not necessarily about trans people because they're stories that I wrote before I came out as trans. But there's a very um, femme sensibility to all of those stories in the sense that they deal with femme-centric people and the kinships they develop. Um, Whether or not they're queer is I mean, you know, there's like a, a, um, a story called Mina and Aparna, which is about two South Asian women who have very strong feelings for each other. Whether or not they're queer is at the moment not relevant, but it's also kind of where I was, you know, as, as a femme-affiliated person at the time and still am, um, I was exploring issues of feminist without knowing what that meant to me specifically. So a lot of the stories are exploring those issues, um, but they also deal with um, issues of the body, of, 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 of how the body relates to gender, how, um, you know, there are elements of, of science fiction and sort of psychological horror in them too, but all in the service of, of pointing towards, I think, a world, a sort of an imaginary world that is very... Um, uh, that is created by femmes, by women, by femme-centered people, and is for them. So it's a, it's sort of like imagining these um, these other worlds that are nevertheless grounded in reality. Um, so some of the horror um, comes from the jarring sort of 
disjunction between the, the elements that one might consider more real or grounded in this reality and the sort of fantastical uncanny elements that appear as a result of an affiliation with this imaginary world. I like that. So well, so well said. So it, it, it also, uh, you know, c- can serve as a, um, as a way of exploring these worlds, right? That's what the reader's doing, exactly. exploring these, these, these worlds, whether, and you, I think that's you know, as, the, no, 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 go, you can go back to saying, as, as we explore our own bodies and identity, the, the, this, you know, it also, it helps mirror that in, in a sense and, and, and support that, it sounds like. Exactly. And I think the fullest development of that idea comes in, like we said, the story Swan Dive, which is also the last story that I wrote. And the most recent, um, you know, it kind of reflects who I am more uh, accurately than the other stories do. Even though those stories were markers of my development as a person um, and as a trans person. Um, So, yeah, it's all part of a process. Um, but I think there is always that tendency underlying each of the stories in the book. Bishak, thank you so much. Um, it's so interesting talking about this. I, 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 I wish you well with your, your next work, and I, I want to ask you one more question, which is, what are you reading at the moment? I, um, I have, like, two piles of books, one, which, one of which is, like, daytime reading, which, one of which is nighttime. So... Daytime is books that I read in the subway. Um, right now I'm reading um, an uh, issue of Granta um, from the 80s, um, which is based on specifically about travel writing because my third book is going to be um, a travel guide, a hybrid travel guide slash comic book slash God knows what. So I'm reading a lot about travel writing. Um, and then during the nighttime, I have on my shelf... Uh, Summer Fun by my really good friend Jean Thornton that just came out. Um, it's a, I actually don't know yet, but it is, it's centered around um, tra- uh, sort of trans narratives, but also around the Beach Boys or some something resembling the Beach Boys is all I'm going to say. And I really don't know where that's going to go, but that's what I'm reading wise. That sounds great. Uh, thanks for sharing that. Bishak, I want to thank you so much for talking to me today. I really appreciate your time and the work you're doing. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. <laughs>